Hello, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. This week, we're changing the channel. We're switching the speed up a little bit. I know that we've covered a lot of serious topics in the past few episodes, so I decided that it was time to do less boo-hooing and more woo-hooing. Today, we're going to have a laugh at two of the cringiest dates that I went on in Los Angeles. Wait till you hear these stories. I know that when I was married, I was curious as to what it might be like to be swiping on Tinder. But today, I'm here to reassure those of you in long-term relationships that you're not missing out on much. If you're single, I'm sure you're going to be able to relate. And if you're in a relationship, then hang on to your partner because today's episode is going to have you wanting to stay swiping a left on the single life. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. My curiosity about dating apps started back when I was married. I went on a girl's trip to Los Angeles with one of my friends. She was single and definitely living her best life. We were sitting in the sun having margaritas when I noticed a Tinder notification pop up on her phone. Oh my God, how fun. I'd missed out on the thrill of swiping left and right because I was married before the app was released. So I asked her, could you just show me your Tinder account? And she goes, ugh, I don't really use it anymore. And I said, yeah, but we're in Los Angeles. There are so many different guys here. It's a whole different pool of fish. She rolled her eyes and said, fine. So we sat there, sipping our margaritas, judging people. You know what it's like. Ugly, lame, nerd, no write-up, fuck boy, ugly, oh, he's cute, fish pick, ugly, ugly, nerd. Then she landed on a profile of a guy who looked like an Abercrombie and Fitch reject. She smiled a little, and I realized we had very different types. <laughs> she swiped right, and boom, it, it was, was a match. match. The two of them started messaging almost instantaneously, and I couldn't believe how fast this app had everything moving. Immediately, they agreed that they wanted to meet up that night. It was official. I was going to be the third wheel on a Tinder date. I don't know why I was so excited. I guess it's because this was the closest thing to dating that I could possibly get as a married woman. We all met up at a noisy pub and she had a couple of beers, but I passed because I felt like I needed to be responsible and make sure that we both left with all of our kidneys because let's be real, we had no idea who this guy was. After some awkward attempts at conversation in this noisy place, he invited her, well, us to his condo, which was convenient just a short walk away. When we got to his place, he asked that we leave our shoes and bags at the entranceway because we had told him that we were staying at an Airbnb and he said he didn't want to get any bed bugs. This was hilarious to me because we were staying in this beautiful mansion and his place looked like frat boy headquarters, but whatever. His house, his rules. So the two of them got to talking over a glass of wine and eventually the conversation got sexy. Yeah, even though I was sitting there right in between them in the same room. He said that he wanted to take her to his bedroom and she goes, I'm going to have to see a dick pic first. Oh, I was shook. Had I really just heard right? She was insisting on seeing a dick, dick pic? pic. The man was right in front of us. This was savage. I was new to this whole scene. Was this normal? The look on his face said that it definitely was not. He said, excuse me? And she goes, you heard me. I'm not getting into anything with you unless I already know that your dick is big enough. 
So the backstory is she had before this been dating a guy who she called horse cock. She was super into giant penises, I guess. And now she didn't want to go backwards. I, on the other hand, was wanting the shag carpet to swallow me whole. I felt so embarrassed for myself and for her. He was like, this is absolutely insane. She goes, do you have something to hide? No, I don't. I'll whip it out right now. And I was like, please, please don't. Please don't whip it out right now. He goes, but it's just the principle. Then he turned to me. Don't you think this is wild? Yes, I most definitely did think it was wild. I especially thought it was wild back then. Now, now that I've been dating and now that I know what it's like to sext with people, I know that it's not actually that crazy because these days guys send dick pics so easily, completely unsolicited. You could be in the middle of just a normal conversation like it's not even hot and boof, penis in your face. Like, I know one time this guy sent me a dick pic and he goes, I just want to show you what you do to me, baby. But his penis was really small. And I wanted to say, I wish I did more for you. But instead, I didn't want to bruise his ego. So I just sent a hard eyes emoji. To any men out there listening, by the way, you should know that we really don't typically care to see your penis. I mean, I guess unless you're my friend. (laughs) So anyways, in this conversation, I had to take her side. So I said, well, I mean... If there was a way of you to know that you were going to be with a woman who had a tighter vagina, you might do that too. Well, he got super furious that the two of us had clearly ganged up on him. And so he told us we had to leave. I was thankful because it meant that I didn't have to sit alone in his living room pretending to care about his record collection as I tried to drown out the sounds of them bumping uglies. If this is what being a third wheel felt like, next time I think I'll just stick to staying home as a unicycle. So when I became single, I decided it was my turn to swipe through men in Los Angeles. I definitely didn't want a repeat of what had happened to my friend, but I did like how many more men there were in that city and that lots of them had really interesting careers. Plus, I loved traveling to Los Angeles. I'd swipe through guys, talk to them, weed out the ones I could tell were lame, and then once I had a little handful that I wanted to meet, I'd fly myself there. Despite all the dating I was doing, both in Vancouver and Los Angeles, I wasn't having much luck. There's this theory that women are either sinkers or reachers. Have you heard of this before? Well, a sinker is someone who reaches down to pull a man up to her level. She'll find someone who's not doing well and try to inspire him to be his best self so he can be more on her level. Then there are the reachers. These are the girls who are shooting threes from the half court. You know, the ones with entry-level positions at the mall who only date guys who drive G-wagons. I know you know someone like this. It was pretty obvious which one I was. Just slap some wings on me and call me Sinkerbell. I love a good fixer-upper. I'm not sure if you've seen the show Kitchen Nightmares. It's where Gordon Ramsay makes visits to struggling restaurants all over the United States, examining the problems that they face, revamping the menu, redecorating, and training the new management. That's exactly how I'd been, but to the men in my life. I'd help a guy dress better, run his business better, get his priorities in order. Then, for whatever reason, we'd inevitably stop talking, and I would end up leaving him better for the next chick. My friends and family were over it. They knew that I could do better than this. So my sister said, I think it's time for you to start looking for someone more established, someone who could inspire you to be better. Maybe you need an older gentleman. She goes, I kind of always pictured you in the passenger side of a convertible with the top down and a silver fox behind the wheel. Fine. I decided it was worth experimenting. I would change the settings on my Tinder account and see what happens. You know how they call an older woman a cougar? Do you know what they call an older man? 
rich. <laughs> After a few days of swiping through dusty old balls, I matched with a man named Ricardo. He told me that I could call him Rico. Hello, Rico. He was half Mexican and in his late 50s. Do I call him senior or a senior? <laughs> he was super tanned, super muscular, and super proud of it. I've never received more selfies from a dude in my life. Maybe it was a Los Angeles thing, but this guy was next level. I was sent pictures of him shirtless eating breakfast, shirtless in his car, shirtless with his dog, shirtless after the gym. Once he even sent me a selfie saying, hey, I thought you might like to see this picture of me in deep meditation. Again, he was shirtless, all glossed up, wearing nothing but coconut oil with perfect lighting. And that's when I said, buddy, send me a picture of you looking hot if you want, but you don't have to disguise it as something spiritual because I know what it takes to take a good selfie. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. You got to set up the phone, find the perfect lighting, set the timer, get in position, check the phone, see if you like the shot, repeat, repeat, repeat. I said, I can see you're in good shape. Can you just send me a picture of you? cozy and sweatpants? So he did. He sent a picture of himself in the tightest sweatpants I'd ever seen. I'm pretty sure they would have been even too small for me. I could see every bulge and vein in his legs. And of course, he was shirtless. I realized it was a lost cause. So I decided I'm just going to respond to all his selfies with the mandatory hard eyes emoji and focus on the good. He was very wise, well-traveled, and determined to get to know everything he could about me, which I thought was very sweet. The age difference was definitely going to take a little bit of getting used to. He called me Baby J, which kind of made me feel weird. And once he sent me a picture of him doing tequila shots with some friends that he had visiting from out of town. And I saw the picture and thought... Wow, those people really look like they could be my parents' friends. Well, at least I know he'll have a lot in common with my mom and dad if he ever meets them. At one point, he and I got into a conversation. He was like, I don't know why I have such a hard time meeting somebody. I consider myself a simple man. I have a picture of my future. All I really want is my dream girl looking beautiful in her bikini, standing on the beach with a baby on her hip and a toddler playing in the sand. I just like doing simple things like going for pizza on the weekends. I'm sorry, what? There is so much wrong with this guy's dream. First of all, I don't look good in a bikini even without having had babies. So I can't imagine that I would be looking great after having two. Also, I get a muffin top just looking at pizza. So if you want me to look good after having babies and eating pizza, I don't think I'm your dream girl. <laughs> but despite all of this, I could tell he had a good heart. So I let him know that I was ready to meet him. He was so excited that he gave me his credit card and offered to let me stay at his place. He said, book the flights. I don't care what they cost. Just come here and visit me. Well, I could not think of anything worse than potentially being stuck with him in the event that we didn't get along. And I also did not want to feel like I owed him anything. I don't want your money. I didn't want to be trying to find a hotel last minute or the awkward conversation that would have to go along with it. So I booked myself a flight and a room in a cute hotel in Beverly Hills and it was game on. My first date was going to be with Rico and he needed me to meet him in Newport Beach, which was a solid hour to hour and a half Uber ride, depending on traffic. But he had told me that he planned the perfect date night and I was excited to see what was in store. We started with a shot of tequila at his place, which was a really beautiful condo overlooking the ocean. I was impressed. Then we walked from his place to this cute margarita lounge for a drink. 
And that's when he let me know that he'd made reservations for us at his favorite local sushi restaurant. I thought that was really sweet because it's not very often you meet a guy who'll make plans. He knew that I loved sushi and promised that it was going to be super authentic. Now, I'm not saying the place wasn't authentic, but when we walked in, all three sushi chefs said, hola. (laughs) Sure, the sushi was delicious and the space was beautiful on the inside, but it was definitely also the first time I'd ever heard myself say, Un poquito más wasabi, por favor. At one point in the night, there was a baby who started crying in the back of the restaurant and it would not stop. I didn't want to be a jerk, but it was kind of annoying. And he goes, so do you think you could handle that? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I want to have a family. So you're going to have to be okay with the sound of babies crying. And I was thinking, dude, you're almost 60. If I'm blowing the dust off your old balls, it's going to be so that I'm your arm candy, not your baby mama. I want the freedom of your retirement schedule, not the responsibility of having children to take care of and diapers to change. He also already had a son who was the same age as me. Did I have to be the one to tell him that his ship had sailed? That night, we wandered around the neighborhood, popping into different lounges and bars, and everywhere we went, people knew him and assured me that he was a good guy, which was really cool. At one point in the night, he turned, put his arms around me, looked me in the eyes and said, We've been talking for so long, I feel like I know you really well. I don't really consider this a first date. And then he went in for the kiss. Oh my gosh, there were sparks. I was a little bit excited and I could tell he felt it too. So he goes, wow, does this mean we get to have sex tonight? He caught me off guard and I guess that the tequila and the margaritas had me feeling a little loose lipped. I don't know. I don't know what exactly I said. It was something along the lines of, well, if we do have sex, you're so old, it probably won't take that long. Uh, Oops. That's when everything changed. It was like a switch flipped behind his eyes. He kind of half laughed with this menacing smile and said, (laughs) Okay, baby Jay, I'm going to make you regret saying that. I laughed it off because I had no idea what he meant and I kind of thought he was kidding. So we slowly wandered along the water back to his place and that's when he grabbed me in the kitchen and started to kiss me. He guided me towards his bedroom, sat me down on his bed and said, Can you just wait here one second? I'll be right back. Well, I don't know where he went or why he was gone for so long. But now that I'm looking back, I'm thinking maybe he took a Viagra or did a line of coke. But all I know is that when he came back into the bedroom, he was not the same person at all. Now he was far more aggressive. He started making out with me. And anytime I tried to move myself or adjust to be more comfortable, he'd say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm the captain of this ship. I'm sorry, what? He goes, you heard me. I'm the captain. Was this the Titanic? Because it felt like this ship was sinking and all I wanted was a life raft so I could get the hell out of there. I was hating every single thing he did. His tongue felt like it had a bone to pick with my tonsils. I was struggling to breathe and he was so intensely out of touch with me and my body language. And just as I started to plan my escape, he goes, we're going to do this till 11 o'clock in the morning. 11 in the morning? It wasn't even midnight at this point. There was no way I even wanted five more minutes of this grope fest, let alone 11 more hours. It felt like he was trying to prove that he was still young and had plenty of stamina or something, but I was super uninterested in being his ego's roadkill. I panicked. I gathered all my strength and I pushed him off of me. I said, you know what? I'm cold. I'm uncomfortable. I think I need to leave. 
Then, like a slutty Cinderella, I ran from his place, grabbing whatever was mine on the way out, but leaving the rest of my things behind. Adios, Rico! I ran down the hallway and towards an exit door. My heart raced as I stumbled down the stairs into a maze of cement hallways and doors. I didn't have a key card, so it seemed like everywhere I went was another dead end. I could not open any of the doors. So I turned around and tried to run back to where I'd come from, back up the stairs, but every door that I'd gone through had locked behind me. I had no idea how I was going to get out of this building. In my panic, I remembered that I also still needed to call myself an Uber. So I pulled out my phone and my heart sank when I saw that not only had the cement hallways knocked out almost all of my cell phone reception, my battery was only at 3%. Fuck! My fingers trembled as I rushed to book an Uber and I went back to trying to find my way out of the maze of hallways. Eventually, one door led to another, and I found myself in the parking garage. The Uber driver messaged me to say that they were pulling up, and my heart sank because I knew that I had no idea how to get out without a clicker, and my battery was definitely going to die before I'd have the time to say, I'm here, please wait. It wasn't looking promising. At one point, I considered trying to find the intercom to buzz him up, to bring up to his unit and let him know that I needed help. But I decided in that moment that I'd rather sleep in the parkade than go back up to that room with that drugged up lunatic. Finally, I saw my Uber driver pull up just as my phone died. There was a gate stopping me from getting to my ride and I had no way of communicating. Hopefully they'd wait long enough for me to get out. After a couple of minutes, the gate started to lift. A car was coming in, so I decided to make a run for it. I sprinted as hard as I could as my Uber driver started to pull away. I ducked under the gate and ran down the street, chasing the car, yelling, I'm Gina, I'm I'm here, here. you're You're my ride, I'm I'm here, here. I'm here. And eventually the driver saw my desperate ass in his rearview mirror and pulled over to let me in. Oh, thank God. Oh, I sat in the back seat on the Uber ride home, staring out the window and shaking my head to myself. How in the world had this day turned out to be such a colossal shit show? I also realized that I'd left behind my prescription glasses and Alexander McQueen scarf, but they were casualties I was fine with losing simply out of principle. The next day, I was going for a walk to get an iced latte when my phone rang. It surprised the shit out of me to see Ricardo's name pop up on my phone. I was sure that I would have never heard from him again, especially after the way I'd left. He goes, How are you? Fine. I just wanted to thank you for your visit last night. Are you kidding me? He sounded like nothing was wrong. I didn't know what to say, but I was curious where this conversation was going. Maybe he was going to apologize? So I said, No problem. Thanks for dinner. And that's when he said the unimaginable. He goes, well, at least we both learned one thing last night. And I was thinking, um, never go on a date without a spare battery pack. He goes, you and I have unbelievable chemistry. I'm sorry, what? I held my breath as I quickly rushed to put my phone on mute and then let out the biggest belly laugh. Did I last longer than the other woman he'd had over? Was I the only one who didn't chew her own arm off to get out of his place? I was so confused. This guy was clearly delusional. There's no way he could have thought that I enjoyed myself. I literally ran out on him after five minutes of making out and left all my stuff behind. A couple of weeks later, I received a package in the mail. It was my scarf and glasses, very respectfully wrapped up with a little note that said, Thanks for coming over, Baby J. Please come visit me sometime soon. Yeah, 
No, I'm sorry, Rico, but you're going to have to find someone else to be your baby factory who's willing to starve herself till pizza day because I'm not interested. Thank goodness that was not the only date I had planned for this trip because otherwise I would have definitely wanted my money back. I had some mediocre dates, some so-so dates, some good ones, and honestly, they're not really podcast worthy. So I'm going to skip right past the lame ones and go straight to the worst worst. This one, oh man, I'm going to call this guy Biggie. He was successful, he was confident, and we connected over business talks. He was also an entrepreneur. He owned a chain of specialty sneaker stores and apparently had a location in Paris too, which I thought was really sexy. His success story was impressive and he loved to give me advice on how to run my business. One pet peeve I have is when a man wants to talk business with me and he always puts things in the context of makeup. Like that's the only way I could possibly comprehend what he was saying. It's like when a guy goes, imagine there was a shortage in eyeliner and I'm supposed to say, oh, now I understand what you're saying. I could have never comprehended the concept of supply and demand if you hadn't related it to a makeup product. Thank you so much. You're so, so, so wise. I totally understand now. Despite his terrible habit of mansplaining everything, I did appreciate some of his advice and the fact that he cared enough to want to help my business. When I told him that I was in town, he said he was on his way to come pick me up. Then he left me waiting for three and a half hours. By the time he showed up, I was already annoyed, but I was also extra shocked when I saw how big he was. Him and I had talked on FaceTime before, but he definitely only really showed himself from the shoulders up. I was missing out on 98% of him. I dated guys who were out of shape before, but this dude would turn a rowboat into a submarine. I'm just saying. On top of that, he asked if he could come into my room and see what it looked like. And when I let him, he got inside, turned my TV on and said that there was a football game he needed to finish watching. Now I was even more irritated, but I did my best to act like I didn't mind. So I was sitting there watching him watch football and he could tell that I was bored. So he got on his phone. He made a call to his friend over FaceTime and he goes, Can you talk to this blondie for me? She's bored because I'm watching football. Excuse me? Then he handed me his phone. His friend and I just stared at each other, not having any idea what the hell we were supposed to talk about. And the game was blasting in the background, so I could barely hear him anyways. So after a minute of awkwardness, he goes, Why don't you talk to my son, Noah? So now I'm looking at this nine-year-old boy like, what the hell am I doing here? What is going on? I made small talk with him about his school and the music he listened to. And then after that, I just hung up. Now it was halftime in the football game, so my date decided that it was time to turn some of his focus towards me. Oh, lucky me. He said some corny line like, isn't it so nice to finally get to be together? And I didn't say much because it wasn't nice at all. Then he leaned in for a kiss and I stopped him abruptly. I said, ah, I think I'd like to get to know you better before we do anything physical. His face dropped. He was not impressed. He goes, all right, that's fair. And he turned his attention back to the TV. Then he picked up his phone. I guess it had gone off, but it was on silent. I wasn't sure. He goes, hello? What? No way. 
Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. Are you serious? No worries. Don't worry about it. I'll be right there. Then he hung up. He goes, that was my friend you were just talking to on FaceTime. His son Noah is bleeding from one of his ears and his dad needs me to take him to the hospital right now. Bleeding from his ears? What the hell had happened in the 10 minutes since I'd seen this kid on the camera? Like, what was going on? It all just seems so suspicious. Like he had this exit strategy because now he realized he wasn't going to get any action. So I decided to call his bluff. I said, can his dad drive him to the hospital? He goes, he doesn't have a car. I said, don't they live like 30 minutes away from here? It's bad traffic now. Even an Uber could get them to the hospital faster than you could. Then he snapped on me. Wow, you really are heartless, hey? You want me to stay here just for your own benefit and then let the little boy die? I said, of course not. It doesn't sound like a very believable story. Damn, man, you've got some major trust issues. I was 90% sure the story was bullshit, but in the 10% chance that he was telling the truth, I did my best to try and keep a straight face. He goes, you know what? I'm disappointed. I really liked you. I said, liked? Past tense? You don't like me anymore? I wasn't sad about it. Yeah, look, I really did. I'd even made your name the password on my bank account. What? That was strange because I've had the same password since I got my bank account at like six years old. Who changes their bank passwords and especially to a new Tinder date's name? He goes, look, he picked up his phone and opened up his online banking app. He showed me that he very clearly wrote J-A-Y-N-A-L-O-V-E. His password was apparently Jaina Love and the account opened up. Well, I turned my head because I didn't want to see his private information and I didn't think that he would want me to see it either. He goes, you know what? I want you to see how much money I have in the bank, how much you're missing out on. I was like, "Mm, no, I'm fine. I really don't need to see it. The truth was no amount of money could make me like this guy at this point. Plus, it really wasn't any of my business. He was annoyed that I wasn't interested in his flex. So he goes, look, and he shoved his phone right in my face. I jumped back and closed my eyes. I said, please just leave. I'm really not the kind of person you need to brag about this kind of stuff to. He goes, I'm not leaving till you look. Fine. If that's what it would take to get him out of my room, then cool. I'd look. I opened my eyes and the numbers were blurry. He had his phone so close to my face. So I pulled my head back. Read those numbers. I want you to say them out loud. How much money do I have in the bank? I looked at the numbers. I was a little surprised, but I played it cool. I said, $23.5 million. He goes, yeah. And I'm dressed head to toe in Louis Vuitton runway collection this season. I was thinking, wow, that's impressive. I had no idea that runway collections came in triple XL. He goes, you know what? I'm done here. He showed himself to the door and I didn't bother getting up or saying goodbye. I was just so relieved to see him leaving. And I was laughing because he didn't have much hustle for a guy who needed to save a little kid's life. I sure hope Noah's okay. Back home, my little cousin had been living with me. He had no idea what he was getting himself into when he asked if he could move in while he got his bearings straight in the new city. 
He'd been raised with just a brother and a tomboy for a mom, and now he's being subjected to all my girl talk, dating stories, false lashes, and hair extensions. At one point, he even said, I feel like every young man who's grown up without a sister should have to come and live with you for a few months because I've learned so much being here. So of course, I had to tell him all about my dates in Los Angeles, but specifically the crazy one that I had with Biggie. I said, I can't believe he felt the need to shove his money in my face. What the hell? I made my way over to the washroom and sat down to pee. Strangely enough, that is when I'm usually at my smartest while I'm peeing. So sue me. (laughs) All of a sudden it hit me. Oh my God. I yelled at him from the washroom. Imagine if it was a fake bank account. We both laughed, but Davis was curious. He searched the app store and by the time I'd finished washing my hands, he came running to me. Gina, you're never going to believe this. Check it out. There it was, an app called Fake Bank. No freaking way. You've got to be kidding me. I downloaded it right away. It cost me $1.25, but it was absolutely worth it. As soon as the app opened, I recognized the interface. This was exactly the screen that had been shoved in my face. It cracked me up when I saw how the app worked. You could type in anything you wanted as a password. I don't know, like maybe Jaina Love. And it would open to a banking screen where you could have any number of bank accounts you wanted with any total of dollars in each one. Well, I quickly set my own account up with exactly $1 million more than Biggie had in his account. $24.5 million. Then I took a screenshot of my fake money. I sent him a text message saying, Hey, I'd just like to thank you for all the business advice. I took everything you said very seriously. And as you can see, it's helped tremendously. Then I attached the photo and hit send. I waited till the message said scene and then immediately blocked his corny ass because I didn't want to hear what nasty, immature thing he'd have to say to me. And I wasn't about to spend my day going back and forth with a lying goofball. It also made me wonder, maybe the Louis Vuitton sweatsuit was fake too. You know, it's too bad. We had some serious potential. I mean, I love business. I love sneakers. I could have been the Faith Evans to his notorious B.I.G. But unfortunately, that will not be the case. So to my biggie, the nefarious B.I.G., I'd like to leave this tribute as a little R.I.P. to the relationship that could have been. Thinking of the day when you went away what a lie to make why'd you fake that bank i'm not missing you (laughs) so what do you think pretty cringy huh i hope that if you're in a relationship right now that you are clinging to your person extra tight give them a little wink a little kiss because it is hard out in the streets sifting through the human clearance rack that is tinder Oh my gosh, you really never know what's going to happen when you go on one of these dates. But trust me, the weirdest things have definitely happened to me. What about you? Have you been on a super cringy date? Because if you have, I most definitely want to hear about it. And so do all the rest of the listeners. So if you could pop us a message and let us know your cringiest date moments, then we would love to put them together for an episode coming up in the future. Now... 
If you loved this episode as much as I loved making it, can you please share this with a friend or even share it on social media? That would be super helpful. Don't forget to follow or subscribe on whichever platform you listen on, Apple, Spotify, or Amazon Music. We would love to have you make sure that you never miss an episode. Now, until I see you next week, can you please go out and be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lush energy everywhere you go. Bye.